are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio, Ceci. Ceci is a former state employee finding her way and starting her own business. We'll be right back with Ceci, but first let's talk about perseverance. So a Depression Session listener contacted me through Facebook and just asked me if I could have an episode about perseverance. And I'm going to quote her here. There's something to be said about not getting up when you have depression. That was from Gloria Kaloon from Flora Park, New York. And I really, really, really relate to that. And not just about depression, but about so many things in my life. And, you know, there always seems to be something that you just have to keep trying at and and keep working at until you get on the other side of it. I almost feel like much of life is about perseverance. And I looked up the definition just so I was making sure I love looking up definitions, making sure I, I understand the word. And it is exactly what I thought, but I love the way they say it. Steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. That's what perseverance means. So I have a little story that goes with this. At my grandfather's funeral, the minister was telling stories, and he said that he had talked to my grandmother and was just asking her about my grandfather. And he said to her, how did you have such a long, successful marriage? And she looked at him and just said, perseverance. And I just thought that was so sweet and so typical, like kind of stiff upper lip of my grandmother to just say that that was what made her happy marriage. But I think there's beauty to that. There's truth to that, that it life isn't about having everything go right all the time. It, and this is like my lesson for depression, which is you just have to get through it. It's, it's not about getting to some perfect state where everything works right and everything's great, but just getting through it to where you're just okay. And you'll have your ups and downs, but you persevere. And I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking when I was looking at the definition, one of my personality characteristics is I'm a bit dogged. And to give an example, and this is something that I'm ashamed of, but I love spider solitaire. It's what I do when I listen to podcasts. It's what I do most, especially when I'm feeling inward and down and like, I don't want to get out of bed. I might sit in bed and play some games of spider solitaire and I will play it for up to an hour on one game, backtracking and redoing it and backtracking and redoing it until I get through it and get all the cards to work. And this is obsessive and not particularly healthy. It's, it's a perseverance that has to do with just fixating on something and redoing it and redoing it and redoing it until it's, it's right. And that's like where things could almost be, especially when it comes to that kind of video game stuff. I'm, it's easy for me to get obsessed with something where if you do it right, everything lines up and it's perfect. Like I always love Tetris for that reason. Get everything lined up. Okay. The world is all perfect again. So it's like the unhealthy side of perseverance. And then on the healthy side of perseverance, that same trait allows me to just keep going, keep at it, keep working on things until 
until I get on the other side and to know that it just takes trying over and over again, that things, things don't necessarily work the first time. So it's both the positive and the negative of it. So I'll just end with a quote from Julie Andrews, actually, which is perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding the 20th. Today we have with us in the studio, Ceci. Ceci is a former state employee finding her way and starting her own business. Hello, Ceci. Welcome to the depression session. Hey, Laura. Thanks for having me again. Yes. So what's new with you? Oh, I had Sassy just to get you guys caught up. I had her on the show, I think on episode three, the very beginnings of the depression session. And we were chit-chatting on uh, Facebook the other day on Messenger. And you told me that you're having a different life than you were at that time. And I just thought it'd be cool to interview you again. So what's new in your life? How are you doing? <laughs> well, um, after I left State Employee, not my choice. I went into a, another deep, dark depression, and thankfully, I had a lot of support around me, and uh, even without insurance, I was able to find the resources I needed, got some medicine to do the jump start because it hit hard. State employee is not for the faint of heart, and I uh, wound up getting another job, and it was less pay, no benefits. But I figured it was temporary, I'll do that. And then I realized I started seeing a lot of the same behaviors in that place as well as mm. what I had seen at the state. And I said, you know, I don't want to go back to that place again, that deep, dark place that when there's high stress or crazy making, well, your environment can have a lot to do with depression. Yes. Stress causes depression. And when you're in high stress and working too many hours, you can't keep up, or they say one thing and then change their mind 30 seconds later and say, I never said that. It's like, you start to doubt yourself. And I didn't want to go back there again. And uh, my husband and I talked about it, and I had a little bit of a nest egg left over from my state employee. So I cashed it in, and we are starting a business. Yay! So exciting. After I walked off the last job. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that feel? Really <laughs> great. Oh my God, it felt great. And it, I think it's because I was taking control of my own destiny. And whereas when I was previously, I felt that I didn't have control over anything. And there was a lot of bullying that went on at the state and things like that. So I figured, you know, I'm not going to put up with that behavior anymore. I'm too good for that. And in the meantime, still on a little bit of medication, very low dose of an antidepressant, a little bit of an anxiety anti-anxiety uh, starting a business is uh, makes you anxious yes <laughs> there's lots to know lots to learn lots of legal stuff but thankfully that's one of my my strong suits so we're doing it it's called bees knees creatives wow limited liability corporation yeah that's a, like ooh. <laughs> and it's it's working so far we're not like getting income because we're at the bare bones basics right now, but we're looking forward to being able to do things that we want to do. And we're taking steps to do maintenance for me as well as for him, my husband as well. We get up in the morning and we do yoga. It's imperative that mind body connection really helps you handle the stress. I still get anxious, but it's not like it used to be. Yeah. I, I'm not coming home and I'm just so defeated anymore. I actually wake up and I'm like loving the 30 second commute. <laughs> <laughs> I 
uh, working from home definitely has its advantages. Uh, one of the advantages is the commute. Another advantage is I have three fur babies that like to snuggle while I'm working. Unfortunately, they're also a disadvantage because they like to sit on the keyboard, too. What is it with cats and keyboards? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't get that. It's like, come on, you guys. You know, so you can sit on my lap, you can sit in the chair with me, but not the keyboard. Anywhere but the keyboard. So they, they're they starting to adjust a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> are I, they, are they thinking, why is mom home all the time? <laughs> one of them is loving it. He's an overly attached cat anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> He has to be at my side most of the time, except for now that I'm talking about him. He's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to things, whereas I wasn't before. And I think that's a big change. And I'm not sure. It's probably a combination of a little bit of medication, some counseling, yoga, better diet, and removing crazy making from my life. On that note... Tell, tell us the story of your depression. Probably had depression on and off most of my life. I went through a very severe depression when I was pregnant, which we discussed the last time. So that was like 25 years ago. But I found myself definitely slipping again while working with the state. And it was very gradual. It took about 10 years to come to a head. It was definitely deep and dark, and I was actually got to be suicidal. And that's not a good place to be. Not a good place at all. As I said earlier, thankfully, my husband is very, very supportive. I have lots of very supportive friends. And I have some validation, even from the media, about what was going on at the state. So that's that's a good thing. Like I said, I'm looking forward to life now. There's lots of things that we want to do, and we're starting to do them. We're, we're making the plans. We're putting together a process. And... We're using a, a, what they call smart goals. I mean, I did learn lessons from my time at the state, you know, how to manage things, how to make smart goals, you know, things that are specific, measurable, attainable, I forgot R, and then the last one is time-specific or time-based, so by this time, I'm going to do this, 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 this is how I'm going to measure it, and that actually can work with depression as well. Sometimes when you're in that deep, dark space, tomorrow morning I'm going to get out of bed by 7. It's a major accomplishment when you're depressed. It's a major accomplishment. So just keep setting those little baby steps, and after a while you'll look back and go, wow, I've really come a far way. I've come a long ways, and that feels good. And I hope that I don't have to go deep dark again, ever. But I think that as long as I keep the maintenance and the stress levels lower, I think I'll do a lot better. And I think I'll maintain, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. But it's that depression as a whole, it's, it's not just being down. You literally can't get out of bed some days. A shower? Wait, what? <laughs> You want me to get out of bed and go get wet? And some people eat too much. Some people, me, I don't eat when I'm very stressed. There's just lots and lots of different things that you can do that that if you keep going at it and you keep setting little attainable goals, 
you can actually start feeling better. And that's where that perseverance comes in. If I hadn't have persevered, I wouldn't be here. You know, and I hope that my experiences can help other people. And I also know when you're in a deep, dark depression, other people say, well, just chin up or just do this. No, it's not that simple. You got to take and make those little tiny goals, those little tiny baby steps. But after a while, you start feeling better. And an odd thing, sometimes when you start feeling better, you feel guilty. Don't ask me why. I don't know where that comes from, but you're like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to still feel bad, but I'm feeling good. And But if you keep doing the maintenance and keep working towards little goals, even it's as simple as getting out of bed and getting in the shower. And you can set a goal for five minutes. Okay, I'll be sad for like, I'll let myself cry for the next five minutes. And let yourself cry for the next five minutes. And then... Okay, now I have to go get that cup of coffee. So it's real simple little things like that. And then you can start taking bigger steps. Just like when you are an infant and a toddler, you learn to crawl, then you learn to walk, then you learn to run, then you learn to skip and hop and everything else. So we're still working on the hops with yoga. Those are a little hard. We've been out of practice. And I guess that's about it, really. Thanks so much for your story. I feel that you are a very different person than the last time I talked to you, actually. Like you're Probably. such it's such a different space. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I feel a lot different. I mean I still have a lot of the anxiety and I actually saw my medication provider today and I said, you know, I think I'm just hardwired that way. I'm just gonna have to live with that anxiety. I've lived with it for this long. I'm gonna have to live with it the rest of my life but I have a toolbox I have coping mechanisms and a little bit of medication I don't think you should rely I don't think you should rely 100% on medication or 100% on counseling or 100% on bean sprouts or whatever the case it is there is no magic bullet it takes a lot of work and perseverance you have to keep going or you don't get very far And I think you start getting better when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And sometimes other people make phone calls for you. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Yeah, when you have the other phone call, when somebody makes a phone call for you, so it's not a horrible thing. It's a good thing because then you get what you need. So I hope that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Uh, and, And something else that I identify with in your story is... There's just something so wonderful about walking away from a situation that's not healthy. You know, it was kind of funny because I did cry when I got home. And my husband was like, why are you crying? Didn't you want to leave? I'm like, yes, I did. But it's still, it's like, darn them for being awful people. But the next day I was like, up with the sun, ready to go. I felt instantly lighter within a day. And I have to say the heaviness is gone. It it doesn't feel heavy anymore. There's a lot of big, scary stuff that I'm doing right now that I probably wouldn't have had the courage to do before, but I'm doing it now. A little later in life than most people, but I think it's going to work. Learn how to have that faith. And later in life often means that you're coming at it with all these tools when I'm a, I'm so much more prepared to weather and persevere through things uh-huh. 
than I was at 22. Oh, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I had a lot more energy at 22, <laughs> but, <laughs> but doing the walking and, and changing diet is, it's huge. And there are simple things and most people don't want to do them because, oh, why can't I just take a pill or, you know, I'll go, people want to lose weight. They like, just give me a pill or give me a surgery. And you have to make lifestyle choices and changes that benefit your whole self. You have to have stuff that's going to stimulate your mind. Mm-hmm. You have to have good nutrition for your body to stay healthy and work with your mind. And your mind needs certain nutrients too. Your brain needs fat, believe it or not. You know, physical activity. We weren't meant to be sitting at computers all day. We're meant to be moving around. So, you know, we're doing the yoga, we go walking, we go hiking, we do a lot of stuff like that. And I'm learning to laugh at myself again. (laughs) We had an incident when we went for a hike and a friend of mine who lives in another state wanted some choya wood because her husband does some work on choya wood or woodworking in general. And I found this nice piece of dead choya wood I picked it up and I'm carrying it. I'm going to hike it back out off this trail. I've been walking for about 10 or 15 minutes and I looked down and I caught it out of the corner of my eye and the edge of this, this Troya stick basically kind of looked like the head of a snake. So just, I guess I was tired or something because we were on our way back out of the hike anyway. And all of a sudden I'm like, ah! I throw it as far as I can. My husband and uh, the kids are looking at me like what is wrong with you i'm like snake and they're like you are carrying it for 10 15 minutes (laughs) so now i have a pen made out of that wood (laughs) you did go find it in the brush there yes yes we did find it it had no snakes it was just it was weird but it was funny so it's the family joke i'm never gonna live it down now (laughs) There are all these things that are really important to do for mental health. And I know that for me as well, I've been really busy and having a horrible time finding time to do any kind of exercise. And I keep thinking I'm going to carve out some time in doing it. And mostly I am running around, but it's at work going back and forth between my classroom and up and down campus and rushing right. to things like just rushing, which is a form of exercise, but it's like one that's really bad for you and bad for your brain exactly. and your health. But it seems, I think this is, this is the problem with trying to fix things is it always seems so overwhelming when you look at all the things that you want to do and you need to know, know you need to do to be healthy. It Uh seems so overwhelming, but it is exactly what you said. It's those little steps. If you can pick a manageable, small step. So today on my way into work, I called a friend and left a message saying, would you like to start hiking Tumamak Hill again? Because we used Uh to do that. And just do it every day. It takes about an hour all told. Just go up and down it. And then I can spare an hour and maybe I'll have to work until 10 or something. But it re- I realized on the way to work today that I my ideas of getting back into some sort of exercise routine, I just, I need to take a small action. Yes. And even if it's just a 15 minute walk on a break, you know, I've, I've done that before too. And just... We're now, we've been walking enough now that uh, we can do six miles. No problem. Right. You know, and when we first started, I was like, 
mile, I know in my memory, a mile is really not that far because I know I used to run. I used to do all this stuff. And it's like, but oh, it's, it was hard. You got to take that first step. Exactly. And, and sometimes the first step is calling a friend saying, will you walk with me? Yes. Yes. And thankfully I have, you know, a very supportive husband and we're doing this whole diet thing together. And part of that came out of, we also found that I had some physical issues going on, including diabetes mm. and a gluten allergy. Oh yeah. Lots of fun. And that was kind of, that kind of, I think that might've contributed to the depression as well, because because of the gluten allergy, I wasn't getting the nutrition I needed, no matter what I was eating. So it it, it pays to go and check and rule out any physical issues, because there's a lot of physical issues that can cause depression. Uh, diabetes can cause issues. Thyroid can cause issues. All kinds of different things. So you have to take the whole body and the whole mind together and and work with them. And keep them healthy. It's the yoga thing of mind, body, spirit. Exactly. Exactly. And we found this yoga thing on YouTube. It's free. I'm queen of free resources. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Right now, we're like, okay, money might be a little bit tight for a while. But I do have my little nest egg that we're going to kind of use that to proceed money. And it hasn't, so far, it hasn't been that expensive. So just little bit, little bit, little bit. And I think I had to, in retrospect, I think I had to go through what I went through to reclaim myself, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. So, I mean, had I not put up with state for so long, I wouldn't have recognized that behavior so fast. And then I was able to recognize it at the, at the second job and go, I'm so done with this. I'm not putting up with this behavior anymore. I don't need to tolerate bad behavior. I don't need to tolerate people who are sick themselves. And that might sound a little callous, but their attitudes and how they handle things was not healthy. They were not healthy. And I'm trying to be healthy, so I can't be around people who are going to drag me down. And I don't think that's callous. It's self-care. And it's it's one of these things I've thought a lot about, which is whoever it is who's who's having bad behaviors in your life. And there's always someone, honestly. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. part of life. And whoever right. and whatever it is, you can still love and accept and understand them. You can still do those things. From the distance. At the same time as you reject the behaviors. Yes. You can say, these behaviors are never acceptable. I don't accept them. I accept you. You're a human being. You're doing the best you can. And I understand. I understand where these behaviors are coming from. But it doesn't excuse them. It doesn't make them something that I want in my world. And that's a lesson exactly. that, that I've learned is just to, to... Because it's very hard for me because I'm kind of soft in some ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I'd probably bring home every stray that ever walked the face of the earth. Um, I'm a softie in that aspect and I want to help people. And I think part of that was the trap I fell into with the second job was I wanted to help them. I wanted to help them be the best that they could be. Problem was they didn't want to be the best they could be. And I had to walk away from it. And 
I probably shouldn't have done it quite so literally. <laughs> Although <laughs> but, it feels good at the time. Oh, it did feel good. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I dreamed of walking off at, when I was with the state. So many times I dreamed of it. And I wish I could afford to just walk away from this. And, and we did it. We taught, my husband and I discussed it at length for probably several weeks before it came to a head. And I was thinking, I need to go ahead and start looking for another job. And I had a few interviews, but they just didn't pan out. And we had talked about maybe starting this up. We've been discussing it for a few years now. Mm. And it was time. And it, it feels good. Scary, but good. Because I'm, I'm a planner, I need to have, no, I got to have all my little ducks all in a row. I need to know what's going to happen at this time. And at 6.02, it's going to happen at this. And But that's how I manage anxiety. And I need to learn a little bit about letting go of that. So I'm, I'm learning. I'm not there yet, 100%, but I'm getting there. And where I was last August to now? Huge. Huge. You yeah. know, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm laughing. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show again. I just feel like there are times in your life where you just get in such a dark place. Not you personally, just all of us have these mm-hmm. moments where things look untenable. And, yeah. and, and I, I feel like you've gone from that of like the depths, really the depths. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have a student who is, they're doing these big self portraits, which of it in and of itself is daunting. And I'm like, just a little at a time. You don't do the whole portrait at once. They're like life size, full body portraits. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking about using the symbol of the mermaid. And we were talking about what does the mermaid mean? And in mythology, mm-hmm. it's the siren of a creature that drags men, you know, lures them into the water, and drags them to the depths. But I was thinking of it in terms of the depths. Sometimes you are lured into the depths. You find yourself at the depths of the ocean. And the mermaid is a really beautiful symbol. It's a creature that exists in the depths, but comes to the surface and can bring you to the depths as well. And I feel like that's a very symbolic, I kept thinking about it in terms of like the darkness in us and the ways that we relate to that or reject it or accept it. But mermaids are creatures of the depths. They're deep, deep creatures. Right. That's that's kind of a cool way to look at that. And I, I was saying a little bit before, it's like if I hadn't gone through that deep, dark place, I might not have found myself. Right. It, you know, so, yeah, that does make sense. Like you need to go to the depths and and see what that is. And you, you can, you know, you have this like moment of the absolute depths. And, and those it is a moment where you could die or survive. Exactly. Exactly. But when you survive it, you surface and the world looks different because you went Uh to the depths. Yeah. My mom used to always tell me when I was growing up, we'd get like a cold or a stomach bug and I hated being sick. And I'd be like, why do we have to get sick? Why do we, why does bad things happen? And my mom said, if you, if it didn't happen, you couldn't appreciate the good. You would take it for granted. So I think now I'm going to, I need to take my health physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, very seriously so that I can be the best that I can be without joining the army. (laughs) Well, that is a perfect note to end the show on. Thank you so much for being on the depression session. 
Oh, thank you for having me again. I enjoyed it. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septahelix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.